Are the Calgary Flames starting to take on some water as we move through the season? We discuss on today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Flames. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into today's special crossover edition of Locked on Flames and Locked on Wild, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thanks for always as making both Locked on Flames and Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find both shows absolutely free of charge on your favorite podcast platforms. On today's episode of Locked on Flames and Locked on Wild, we take a look at the home-and-home tilt coming up between the Wild and the Flames with both teams trying to push towards a playoff spot. We'll talk trade deadline and much more coming up on today's episode. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, joined by one of the hosts of Locked on Flames, Jess Belmosto. Jess, welcome. And I find it ironic that... We are two of the teams that are battling for a playoff spot, and there's only it seems like it's only the Flames that are currently on the outside looking in. Everybody else is already thrown in the towel. Yeah, you know, I think the Flames are just one of those teams that like to make it more challenging for themselves than it needs to be. Um, it's very much going that extra mile when you don't need to. It's kind of like when you're doing a group project and someone insists on doing like the most roundabout way when you're, there's just like two quick answers here. So it's, it's frustrating uh, to watch this team night in and night out. Also, I apologize for sounding like this. Um, very sick, but I can't risk not talking about <laughs> this wonderful bubble playoff position with you Seth well I appreciate you uh, I appreciate you coming on um, it is that time of year where it just seems like all the gunk just just finds its way to everybody and so I'll I'll probably be next to get it I hope not but uh, we'll see um <laughs> I want to go back just to the big trade before the season obviously it's interesting too that such a big trade has led to both the Panthers and and the Flames kind of taking a step back this year. So is it as simple as just the parts not gelling as much as they did last year? Or what kind of led to, from the Flames' perspective, not having as much success this year as uh, as you guys did last year? I think a lot of it does have to do with the two high-end departures in Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. You know, they really had the finishing touches there that just are completely missing now with um, with them being gone. I think that Dylan Dubé and Andrew Mangiapane have both stepped up in that aspect, but I don't really think that they're, they're not Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. It's, you know, it's as simple as that. And a lot of it does have to do with the vibes in the locker room due to Mr. Daryl Sutter, supposedly, according to... Alan Walsh, allegedly, and some some inside sources in Calgary. 
bad vibes are not uh, not what you want uh, for no. a team, uh, especially this far into the season. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that um, here in a second. I did want to ask you as well, Jacob Markstrom has yes. had an up-and-down year, to say the least. I think oh. I looked at the stats, and in 2023 alone, he's had eight-plus starts. I can't recall what he did in his last start, but I know it was eight starts of three-plus goals allowed. Br- defensive breakdowns in front, or, or what's what's up with Markstrom here as, uh, as 2023 rolls on? You know, I think a lot of it does have to do with um, both. Truly, the goaltending mechanics and just the defensive breakdown. Uh, Nikita Zadorov has really struggled this season without Eric Branson on his pairing. And the absence of Oliver Shillington has just absolutely just decimated um, that the strength of that six defenseman spot. And it's hard for me to sit here and be like, oh, Jacob Markstrom couldn't stop uh, a beach ball when at the same time he's gone out there and done old Jacob Markstrom stuff like it's nothing. Like last night, uh, he ended up coming in in the Bruins game or game against the Bruins rather on Monday, Tuesday night. And um, he came in after Vladar allowed two goals and he he allowed, I mean, one more in regulation and then another in overtime, but he looked fantastic. He looked good. I thought that, you know, there he didn't have to face too many shots, but at the same time, the shots he was facing were pretty decent uh, high-caliber shots, and he also, his him and his partner just welcomed a baby, like, 48 hours before that. So, like, there's been a lot of things kind of factoring into Markstrom's performance. And I think that's kind of why Brad tree living needs to go out and get another defenseman at, at this deadline. I want to ask, because I know this is something you have talked about and I was very interested in this angle. You talked about Daryl Sutter and just kind of the, the bad (laughs) vibes around the team so far this year. And you had thought uh, that maybe he is trying to maybe go that step higher from coach to GM like we just saw happen with Barry Trotz. Uh, Do do you think there's there's some legs to that theory? Would Sutter be somebody that's looking to try to take that higher step up into the front office? Yes, um, I I truly believe at this point in his career he wants to, you know, uh, before we pulled him off the farm. He was doing some assistant work with the ducks and he had worked in the flames front office as a general manager years ago. I think in the early 2010s, that doesn't feel that long ago, but when you think of how much turnover there has been, it definitely is a long time ago, but uh, he ended up quitting ahead of being fired. Um, And he, he has a very close relationship with, the owner of the team. And apparently there were some moves in free agency that he wanted to make that uh, Brad tree living was like, no, that doesn't make sense for this team. (laughs) That's not, you know, what we're trying to assemble. And that's kind of the reason why we haven't seen a lot of the younger flames players make the jump because it's just not Daryl Sutter's way. And it's been painful 
you know, I think that Brad Tree Living has been one of the better GMs, I would say, in the last five to ten years, especially, you know, getting that return uh, with or for Kachuk, rather, and, you know, still being able to compete, not at that high-end level, but to not blow it all up and be like, okay, here are six forwards that you have never heard of, and they're all making their NHL debut tonight on opening night. But I do think Daryl Sutter is interested in making that jump, to answer your question, especially with it being Brad Tree Living's last few months without a contract. Interesting. Um, boy, that would be... That, that would be something, and it, it would be, I think, see, I don't, I don't know where to rank it with Barry Trotz, because that just came out of nowhere. Um, I hadn't, Completely out of left field. I had no idea that he had an inkling to join the, uh, the front office, and yet here we are. So would it be crazy to see Sutter do that? No. It's still just as weird to see, hey, he coached for a long time. And now he's going to do this other thing at the late stage of his career. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah, he, you know, it's one less locker room for him to be barricaded out of. So for his <laughs> sake, um, I hope that everyone keeps the trash barrels uh, locked away in the front office or wherever their workspace is. Protect him at all costs. Yes. Well, we will uh, flip, and I'll give you an opportunity to ask some wild-related questions because you talk about a team that is just making things a little too difficult. Big vibes for the Minnesota Wild so far this season, and so we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about trade deadline strategy for both teams as well as some keys for both teams in the two games coming up. All that on the way as we continue today's crossover episode of Locked on Flames and Locked on Wilds. Today's episode is brought to you by the exclusive sports betting partner of Locked on. That, of course, is FanDuel. And we are well past the midway point of the NHL season. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download FanDuel Sportsbook today it's safe secure and super easy to use then you can bet on everything from money line to who gets the goals to who takes the shots plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Locked On. Continuing today's crossover edition of Locked On Flames and Locked On Wild. Once again, thanks for making both episodes your first listen each and every day. Reminder, we've got a live trade deadline show coming for you on Friday from 2 to 4 Eastern to recap all of the biggest moves that happen all throughout the NHL with all of our favorite Locked On NHL hosts giving their takes on all the big moves. Make sure to check that out at the Locked On NHL YouTube channel, which is available and free everywhere. 
All right, Jess, I'll turn the floor over to you. Any wild-related questions you have, I am, as they say, an open book. Yes. So I think to start, um, what is the identity of the Minnesota Wild? Because as an outsider, I feel like they don't have one. That's that's you've got it pretty spot on. Um, it, it is a team that just was the vibe capital of the world last year. They scored a ton of goals, had just a crazy amount of comeback wins. I think the overall theme last year was no deficit is too big. Now, obviously, no Kevin Fiala, which was a huge chunk of the goals this year, gone. Not only that, but probably one of the better players not named Kirill Kaprizov at just getting into the zone. Mm -hmm. So it's been a team that has struggled to score. They have struggled to score. The wins have not been nearly as exciting. There have been a lot of tense moments in pretty much all of the games so far this season. But it is a resilient team, I think, is kind of the the phrase this year. It's a team that, despite the odds despite going up against some really good teams in both conferences, it seems like they just do what they need to do to win. They've got some great goaltending. Philip Gustafson's been ridiculous all season. They have gotten some timely clutch goals on special teams. And so it's a team that isn't blowing everybody out like they were last year, but they just are finding a way to overcome, and there have been some games, like they played the Los Angeles Kings last week, and I think the shots were something like 40 to like forty to 20, something, just some crazy disparity, and the Kings just dominated possession time the whole game, and yet the Wild won 2-1. to one. And so they just have... They have, I think, gotten accustomed to things being difficult for large parts of the season. But I think with the success that they had last year, it just it seems like a group that, you know, hey, we're going to have to hunker down and uh, we're really going to have to fight for this. And I mean, one of only two teams in the Western Conference right now on a winning streak or in the, the Central Division, uh, excuse me, one of the only two teams in the Central Division right now on a winning streak. They're 7-1-2 and two in their last 10 games. They just keep that's, finding a way. Yeah, no, that's incredible. For them to string that many wins together, uh, please let the Flames know how to do it. They haven't <laughs> won two in a row since December and three in a row since, I think, November. So it's been it's been a little bit. Um, what... What do you think keeps them going? Like, is there someone in the room that is just more outspoken than others? Is it the coach? Is it just kind of everyone just kind of vibing off of each other? Or what's kind of, what's the vibe? I think it is really two players that kind of stir the drink for this year's team. I mentioned (laughs) Philip Gustafson, who just continues to, he just continues to do things that are just, insane in the the win against the Islanders he had a save in which he was able to kick the puck from going into the net with the blade of his skate 
like full extension kick. And he got just the tip of the puck enough to keep it from going into the net. And so I think this team gets a ton of confidence every time he goes between the pipes, which is becoming more and more frequent because you know you're going to get a good performance from him and he takes a ton of pressure off of the offense to where, hey, we get two, we're probably going to win this game. And not only him, but this offense just follows so much of what Kirill Kaprizov does night in and night out. He's been the really the only consistent scorer on this team, just continues to reset every record this franchise has ever had. And so I think a lot of it is as those two go, this team goes. And you see them do their thing. And pretty much every night it's like, okay, we need one or two guys to do this or to score a goal once to just help them out a little bit because those have been the two guys that have largely been carrying this team so far this year. And they they just continue to do it every night. Yeah, that's... That's awesome that you have goaltending to the point where you, it kind of takes the weight off of uh, everyone else. Um, I don't know what that is like. Uh, <laughs> we kind of forgot what that's like over here in Calgary Flamesland. But I think it's just absolutely phenomenal that this team, that the Wild, are just they're – they're the vibe. Like, I feel like they just – there's no – real identity and that isn't always a bad thing but they just kind of reform themselves every year depending on what the season calls for and you know are the wild a team that uh do they see a lot of roster turnover year after year you know it's it's funny because Obviously, the big ones they had this offseason were super noticeable. Cam Talbot, Kevin Fiala, those were the two big ones. But they they have had a handful of guys on the back end. Like this past season, they traded Dmitry Kulikov. They lost Nick Delorier. They traded Tyson Jost during the season. Well, they put Tyson Jost on waivers during the season, and he was claimed by Buffalo. So they do have a fair amount of back end roster turnover because I think that's one of the areas where Bill Guerin has excelled is being able to find those guys that he can bring in. And it's especially important with where the wild are at with the uh, Parisian suitor contracts and the buyouts and trying to navigate through that. He has done a really good job of finding guys that don't cost a ton that can come in and still be effective. I mean, Freddie Goudreau, who was brought in a couple of years ago by Garen, leading the NHL in shootout goals this year, which is just, you look at that stat and you're like, I'm sorry, what? And yeah. trading Cam Talbot for Philip Gustafson, who was kind of an unknown coming into this season. Look how that worked out. So he, he has shown the ability to really cultivate the back end of this roster. Now where they're at currently with, a log jam of like middle six to bottom six guys. But that's what your prospects are for is to come up and see, okay, this guy fits in this spot in the lineup. This guy fits in this spot in the lineup. And so there are going to be opportunities here over the next couple of years to really see what these young guys have. But 
in addition to that, you know, he's he's made some really good trades, some good signings to help complement that um, throughout the lineup. Yeah, and you know, I saw something yesterday that said that he's not sure if he's done cooking. He doesn't know, so I guess we'll find out. I feel like everybody's preheating their oven in the Western Conference oh, yeah. while the Eastern Conference is like, okay, the cake's done. <laughs> we iced it. Like, you guys are so far behind. But, you know, there's. I feel like if there's a team that's going to pull out something that uh, – we aren't expecting it is absolutely the Minnesota wild. Yeah. I, I like that notion and I'll, I'll give you a, uh, a hell's kitchen um, parable for, for where the Eastern conference and the Western conference are at. Yes. Eastern conference is the red team and they've got like all their dishes done and oh, yeah. they're plating. They're getting ready to present their super teams that they've constructed and the blue team is the Western Conference, and one of the chefs that's responsible for the main entrees can't cook a fish, like can't cook the fish properly. And so you just have the red team doing their thing. Other parts of the blue team are getting angry. Gordon Ramsay's yelling at the top of his lungs from the top of the kitchen, like, where's, where's, my, where's my salmon? Like yeah. it's it, it just it, there's such a disparity between the two. Boston's a wagon. The Rangers are a wagon. The Hurricanes on and on. And yeah. in the West, you're like, who's going to get there open. from there? Yeah, it's wide open in the West this year. Even the Avalanche have fallen off. So you can't even just say like it's this one. We don't know. Could it be Seattle? Maybe. Yeah, and it's... Arizona. I feel like it's the only certainty there. uh, Yeah, Arizona and Chicago are the only two that really are definitely not... um, Yeah. Definitely not in the playoff picture. But there are plenty of others. I mean, look at the Dallas Stars. They've got like 13 overtime losses already this season. Sounds like the Flames. it's, It's weird how many times they can get a game to overtime and then they just can't... Yeah. They just can't close it out. Absolutely. And, you know, that's very similar to the Flames. But I said last year after uh, the Flames knocked out the Stars, the Flames or the Stars rather were going to see a little bit of regression. It hasn't been horrible, hasn't been horribly noticeable like the Flames have. But, you know, I think the Stars could definitely pull something out here, uh, depending on how far they want to go and if everyone (laughs) stays healthy uh because they do have some guys that are definitely up there in age but seth i think we're gonna wrap it up with uh some trade deadline talk and get i mean we're ready for we're ready to plate our entrees oh yeah we're ready ready to call it in uh but before we do that and talk about the keys to these games i want to talk to you about indeed if you're hiring and you need to post a job you need indeed because indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract interview and hire all in one place and indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or or else you don't pay So it's fairly easy. Indeed partners with you on every step 
And uh, every step of the hiring process, you find great talent through time-saving tools, indeed instant match assessments and virtual interviews. I will say, those assessments, they set you apart. So if you are looking to start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash Locked on. Offer is valid through March 31st. Get Indeed, or sorry, go to Indeed.com slash Locked on to claim $75, your $75 credit before March 31st. Continuing our crossover last segment of today's crossover episode of Locked on Flames and Locked on Wild. Once again, thanks for making both shows your first listen. Make sure you follow and subscribe uh, to both shows on YouTube, follow us on YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, that list it seems like is growing every day. So uh, make sure that you follow along so you don't miss out on any news from your favorite teams through the trade deadline and the rest of the way as well. So let's talk trade deadline, the approach. I know you had mentioned that uh, you had a particular position in mind that the Flames should try to uh, address before the deadline on Friday. Yeah, you know, I think any team that is going to go out and make a playoff run is going to be adding um, an extra defenseman right now because, you know, as things, the season rolls on and playoffs roll on, your defensemen are dinged up. But (laughs) in order for the Flames to make the playoffs and start sniffing the playoffs, they need to strengthen their back end just a little bit more. Uh, You know, I really, with Luke Shen off the market, I don't know what they're going to do now. Uh, maybe they take Mike Riley uh, from Boston, who has spent most of the season in uh, the AHL. So it, it's really one of those things that the Flames just need an extra body because their AHLers, their prospects, those poor kids are not surviving in Daryl Sutter's system. Yeah, it's and it's tough too because you're trying to – you're trying to prevent an injury that hasn't happened yet, but it seems like they always do mm-hmm. at this point in the season, like right after the deadline happens. Oh, no, we lost a second-line wing. What are we going to do? So it's it's just trying to find something. And if not for the fact that the Flames are in essentially direct competition with the Minnesota Wild, although yeah. – the way things have gone over the last week, it's now more like the Winnipeg Jets who are fighting for one of those wild card spots. I would say we could give you a slightly used Matt Dumba. Mm, <laughs> I think my phone just went on airplane mode. Oh no, what happened? We disconnected. I, I have heard an interesting note. There was an interesting nugget today for wild mm-hmm. fans that could lead to a hint as to what's going to happen for the rest of the deadline. Um, Michael Russo, who is just elite, elite. Fantastic. Um, in one of his weekly radio hits, he mentioned that current Gopher defenseman, Brock Faber, it is expected that the Wild are going to burn a year of his contract to get him to the NHL this season. We had speculated as to if that was going to be the case, but now this is 
as author this is an as concrete of a source as you can get. So with Brock Faber, you're obviously not going to have him sit on the bench. No. But in order to make that happen, the Wilds currently have seven playable defensemen. Hmm. Somebody might be on the move before Friday. We'll have to see. And, you know, I'm sure I'm sure this is something tree living and Sutter, because it's just we don't know who's calling the shots really uh, are looking into. I, I love this time of year when uh, the college kids are wrapping up their seasons and it's it's time for these kids who are just so hopeful to make these big giant adult decisions. Uh, and all the adults in their lives are probably like very like, <laughs> Hey, like you need to think about this logically. And they're like, no, put me in the NHL. Yeah. Um, get me there immediately. Yeah, And that's, it's exciting. And the flames have uh, a prospect at Harvard, Matthew Coronado, who would absolutely make a difference uh, in their top six or even really the middle six, because it's, it's so deep in just the forward uh, depth there. But do you, who do you think is going to be moving? Do you really think it's going to be Matt Dunba? So here's the thing with that. It seems like, unless this was Bill Guerin just trying to drum up some last minute in, uh, interest, mm-hmm. his comments regarding Matt Dumba have made it seem like he's going to be hanging around. So I kind of wonder if one of the other defensemen, in this case, Alex Goligoski maybe, is on the move because Goligoski is he's up there in age. Now he has played he's played sporadically for the Wild. And if you are trying to open up a spot for Brock Faber, mm-hmm. somebody is going to be coming out of that that grouping. You're not going to send Kalen Addison down. He's leading the – he's, like, in the top five in rookies in points so far this season. So it's going to have to probably be one of those two guys that ends up being moved, and Goligoski could be a seventh defenseman for somebody. Yeah. I mean – If he's if he's over six feet tall. I'm Toronto sorry. has nine defensemen right now. Like That's absurd. They, somebody, somebody out there needs a seventh defenseman and – whether it's for a, a low-level prospect or a pick, just make it happen. Yeah, I, that's that's very possible. You know, I wouldn't count anything out. Like I said, the Flames are still deciding on what entree they want to cook and if they even want to cook. So <laughs> it'll definitely be interesting uh, come Friday. I mean, it's already Thursday. So I know it's it's time like these it's time to start faxing in the requests so there's not that 32 log jam backup that we had last year or the year before and make sure general managers I know you're listening to this podcast right now make sure that you are checking their no trade team lists and everything like that because we don't want we don't want that happening again. Get that updated. Yeah, get that updated yeah. so you don't have that happening at the last minute. And the the thing I always worry about with with episodes like right before the trade deadline is something happening before you post it. So yeah. just to be safe, can you believe blank traded for blank? 
Oh my there. goodness. That was such an overpayment <laughs> or underpayment. We don't know yet. We're just covering our bases yeah, just to make sure. sure. Um, it, it is going to be a crazy deadline. I feel like that, um, that Tanner Janot trade changed the whole thing. 100%. I feel like that ripped the Band-Aid right off. And yeah. everyone was just kind of like, all right, this is the market. It's like, well, geez, if, if they're going to give up that for him, we're going to have to get a little more creative to find somebody to fill the spot that we're looking to fill. Yeah, seriously. It's uh, definitely a seller's market. So let's, buckle let's up. See. Yeah, seriously. Buckle up. I, I'm interested to see how many things are going to break at like one o'clock this morning when you're listening to this, because I remember that's when the Taylor Hall to Boston trade broke. It was Wednesday into Thursday and everyone was like, Oh, I thought we were sleeping, but okay. And that last, that last 10 minutes of the deadline ends up being extended like 40 minutes after the deadline because they just get backlogged with trades that they're trying to fit in at the last second. So just clear your schedules from like 2 p.m. Central, just from 1 p.m. Central time to like 4 p.m. Central time. Yeah. Just to Get be your safe. Snacks, hang out um, with the Locked On NHL live show. You get to hear from the local experts, and it's always, it's always a fun time, always, because you know someone is going to just absolutely fleece another team. Yes. There will, there will be a couple of those. Yes. Um, just to wrap up, we're going to do something just quick, talking about yeah. our two games. Um, and this is a fun thing that I literally just thought of. So <laughs> we're going to take these categories. Offense, defense, slash goaltending, and special teams. Ooh. In order of which one needs to be, which one you think needs to be the best, like on their game the best against the Wilds. How would you rank them for the Flames? Um, I would say defense needs to be first, just because, you know, obviously Minnesota is a very offensive-minded team, and the the defense has made some costly mistakes these last few games, and it's time to just kind of get it together. You're all old enough to be playing in the NHL, so you should be acting like you can play in the NHL. Um, goaltending offense, and then special teams. I'm not horribly concerned about special teams. I My rankings are, are completely different, but <laughs> here's why. So number one for me is special teams because that's what led to the Wild losing against Calgary the last time these two teams matched mm-hmm. up. They took like five penalties. I'm just sitting at my TV going like this, like, stop committing penalties. So special teams is first. I am going to put goaltending second because even though they're having down seasons, handful of those guys for the Flames worry me considerably. Yes. About the like all it takes is playing the Minnesota Wild for them to get back on track. And then yes. offense I'm putting third uh, because until we see it, it continues to be the Kirill Kaprizov show. And so I'm not super worried about him, although a lot of attention devoted to him tends to be a problem. Uh, so we'll see. But I, w- I would say 
special teams is absolutely like critical for the Wilds. Their penalty kill has been pretty good. They're like 26 for their last 26. Knock, That's knock, impressive. knock, so I don't jinx it. Um, but, yeah, it, it should be fun. It is interesting. I don't know that I have – I can't recall the last time the Wild had, outside of the COVID year, um, games against the same opponent back-to-back multiple days apart. That's happened to Calgary a lot this year. It happened uh, against San Jose, St. Louis, and the Wild. I don't know what's going on. Weird scheduling. It's, yeah, whatever. It's fine. At least, like, the key dates, like, free agency is back to where it should be, I guess. Yeah. Like, that, <laughs> that's how I can book my vacations. All we need to do, like, we're we're close to back on track for a normal year. And so just, just keep that going. But all, all I'm saying is, you know, it's okay if you don't play the same team. Like, yeah back to back you can spread them a couple of weeks apart it's not it's not the end of the world if yeah. you know you have to squish another game in there or just not make them play each other twice within three <laughs> days like it, it's okay just um, just a thought schedule makers yes because again i know that everyone important listens to these shows oh of course of course absolutely and i think we'll leave it at that um, obviously should be a fun two games between these two teams and uh, you can hear more about both the Flames and the Wild by listening to both of our shows Locked on Flames and Locked on Wild so make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on anything leading up to the trade deadline and the rest of the season after that you can find new episodes for both Locked on Flames and Locked on Wild every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.